Greetings, fellow Federationists. Today is Thursday, January 4, 2024. This is Presidential Release 534, and this is World Braille Day. So Happy New Year and Happy World Braille Day to Federationists everywhere. It's so great to be back together and looking forward to a fantastic year together. I do have a ton of things to share here at the beginning of the year and uh, a lot of things uh, very positive to be hopeful about, but also some things that will cause us to reflect. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right in, but I uh, must talk about the fact that January 4 is World Braille Day, and that commemorates the birth of Louis Braille, of course, in 1809. This is a special World Braille Day, I guess, because the uh, lore is that Louis started inventing his code, which has made such a difference to us at age 15, this being the 215th uh, anniversary of his birth, kind of a special year for promoting and celebrating Braille. You know, Braille also represents the power of alternative techniques, which Federation members know so well. And while not every blind person reads Braille, Braille itself is a clear example of the fact that uh, alternative techniques are not inferior techniques. And Braille makes a difference in so many ways. As uh, all of you know, it's not simply about reading. It has value in so many uh, areas of life, whether it's music, drawing, labeling, so many things that Braille is used for and empowers in our lives besides the important symbol that it is for the capacity of blind people. Here at our national office, you know, Braille occupies a valuable space for us, both in our library, in our conference room, but also in our hearts, as I know it does across the country uh, in the lives of so many blind people. I would encourage you and remind you that you can check out Braille.day, which we launched, I think it was just last year. It feels like longer ago. Braille.day. And uh, we like to say, when you check out Braille.day, you can help us celebrate, that's with two L's, we should have put that at the end of the release, celebrate the beloved code that Braille is. And uh, at Braille.day, you can look at a special list we put together just for this occasion that gives just a sampling of the thousands of ways that Braille can be used, but this being 215 ways to use Braille. So that's pretty cool. Maybe we can figure out how many ways there are. I, I Every time I uh, start talking about the subject, someone brings up a new way to use Braille. I'm sure we'll be talking about Braille more on this release in a little bit. I want to talk to you now about the commitment that we made as an organization 30 years ago. We made a strategic decision to affiliate ourselves with training programs that exemplify the philosophy, spirit, and policies of the National Federation of the Blind. Our affiliated training centers in Louisiana, Colorado, and Minnesota are very similar to our state affiliates. They affiliate with the national organization through an agreement, and they're run by independent boards. The responsibility for 
running the programs at our training centers belongs to those independent boards, and they're responsible for raising the money needed and managing the staff and the program. The Federation supports the work through our national infrastructure, but we don't financially support those training center programs in the same way that we're not responsible at the national level for supporting the fundraising and program expenses of the affiliates. Sometimes people say, why three training centers? Well, truth is that's because to this point, the board has only approved three training centers as meeting the standards of the National Federation of the Blind and exemplifying our work and what we do. There's nothing that prohibits us from having more training centers, but the fact of the matter is that it's hard to put together and sustain quality programs that meet the very high standard that blind people in the National Federation of the Blind set. Why am I bringing this up? Well, in December, I sat with the board of our training center in Minnesota, Blind Incorporated, as that board worked through some pretty difficult decisions. And in the end, they uh, set forth a direction for the training center in Minnesota that includes uh, this statement, which was released by the board there in late December. It reads as follows. The Board of Directors at Blindness Learning in New Dimensions, Blind Incorporated, regrets to announce that we will temporarily suspend all of our programs and services as of January 1, 2024. Now, I know that this action was taken with very heavy hearts by all of the members of that board as I spent time with them in this process. However, this board, uh, I sat with them as they uh, deliberated extensively about the decisions they had to make, and they came to the conclusion that suspending operations at this time in order to make future plans to reimagine and reconstitute the center in a responsible and bigger and better way, this was the best available alternative they had. I support and agree with the decision that the board made, even though it is really hard and painful and disruptive to the students, staff, and many of us, including myself, who have supported this program over the years. I've continued to work closely with the board and believe that they are doing all that they can to make this uh, transition this pause in programs as easy as possible. And that's not an easy task in and of itself, but I uh, commend the board at Blind Incorporated for doing what they can, even as they're suspending programs to help make sure that the future continues to be bright in the state of Minnesota and that opportunities are created. You know, their decision comes after a number of compounding circumstances over a period of years that have left Blind Incorporated without the resources needed to adequately operate a center in the way that we want a center to be run. 
One of the factors uh, in their evaluation was the fact that Blind Incorporated is operated in a building, which is the uh, Pillsbury Mansion, which is on the National Historical Registry. And if you know anything about that, that means that maintaining that building comes with certain obligations to preserve the historic nature of the building. And currently, what that amounts to is uh, millions of dollars in renovations that have to be uh, done to utilize the building, maintain it in the fashion that it's supposed to be kept in, and run a structured discovery program, which is the goal of our centers, right? We're not there to run historic buildings. We're there to run programs. And the board at Blind Incorporated had many factors to consider this being one. The training is, of course, the most important thing. And I believe that we will find ways to reimagine and build an even stronger training program in the state of Minnesota. I'm looking forward to meeting with members of the Federation in Minnesota to see what their hopes and dreams are for the future. I think our community is strong enough to work through this and to reimagine what the future should be. This is pretty disruptive though, right? Because this really has not happened in our Federation community in the time that we have had affiliated training centers. We haven't had one of our training centers suspend its operation for a period of time like this in such a dramatic way. What I'd encourage Federation members to know and to believe and uh, to steer toward is that this is a great opportunity for us to reimagine what Federation-influenced training can be like going forward and to reimagine the future we want and then to help build it through a new Blind Incorporated program. I know that many in our Minnesota affiliate are dedicated to that, and I know many of you across the country have already reached out to Blind Incorporated to offer that kind of support. You know, sometimes our circumstances require us to make very difficult decisions. And sometimes we need to make changes based on the resources we have available and on the requirements of the time. That's not unique to Blind Incorporated. That's a challenge we face as an organization, having limited time, money, and talent to put into all the things that we want. So this is a strategic opportunity for us to refocus and imagine and then build what we want training to be in the future. I do want to let you know that if you are interested in helping with the Blind Incorporated effort, especially reimagining the training and thinking about putting together some new resources, I would encourage you to reach out to the board of directors at Blind Incorporated. The best way to do that would be to send an email to Ryan Strunk. He's chairman of the board. And you can do that by sending an email to board chair, all one word, board chair at blindinc.org. Hard time, but I um, believe that good things will come of this in the future. And I know the spirit of the Federation will make that happen. Now, I want to follow that with some really good news that we got just today, actually. Very good to get news on World Braille Day. We got word that a case that we have been involved with now for almost 10 years has hit an important milestone. So 
I'll remind you that in 2015, the Federation supported blind individual uh, and individuals with disabilities in the state of Ohio who were being paid subminimum wages in a sheltered workshop under a 14C certificate. We uh, helped them file a petition with the Department of Labor to review the subminimum wage payments they were receiving. After a week-long hearing in early 2016, an administrative law judge found that the clients that we've been working with are not disabled for the work they performed and awarded back pay and liquidated damages. This was a historic finding by the Department of Labor. Seneca Riad, which is the uh, sheltered workshop, appealed to the Department of Labor's Administrative Review Board and eventually filed a federal lawsuit seeking judicial review of the ALJ's decision. Just today, the district court upheld the administrative findings and entered judgment in the client's favor a total charge of $87,025.64 to cover the back pay for these employees. Although we do expect the workshop to appeal this decision to the Sixth Circuit, this is truly a major victory that upholds the first-of-its-kind finding by the Department of Labor. But this also sets a very important tone and warning bell for sheltered employment and those using 14C certificates that we're watching and that abuse of these certificates will not be permitted and will not be permitted under the law. So congratulations to the Federation on this victory. You know, a case that goes on for almost 10 years, a lot of people would give up on, but we don't give up. And we certainly don't give up on the people that we support. And so uh, congratulations to all of us and certainly to our legal team. Many people have been involved in that over the last decade. It's not over, as I indicate, but it is a really great victory for us to start 2024. Now, January, of course, is the lead up time for our Washington seminar. And I do want to let you know that the fact sheets for our three Washington Seminar issues, priorities have been posted to our Washington Seminar webpage. The fact sheets are currently available in both Word and HTML format. The audio and BRF formats will be coming soon. So please continue to uh, check the website for updates. We do encourage you to review the fact sheets so that you're prepared to meet with members of Congress, but also review the fact sheets if you're planning to participate in any of the training sessions leading up to Washington Seminar so that you can ask any questions that you may have. You can access the fact sheets and all of the other Washington Seminar information on nfb.org slash Washington seminar. As I indicated, there are a number of trainings on Washington seminar topics that are happening in the month of January. 
I won't go through those here on the release, but if you need to get information about them, I would encourage you to contact the legislative director for your affiliate. Now, a lot of times we talk about the positive work that we're doing and the things that we're pushing forward. It's rare that we talk about the things that we're opposing. But I do want to talk to you on this World Braille Day about an item that we are opposing. For years, the National Federation of the Blind has raised concerns about a bill that continues to be reintroduced into Congress without changing its content and addressing any of the concerns that we've raised literally over more than a decade now. The bill is known as the Cogswell and Macy Act, and it was again introduced in September of 2023 in the 118th Congress. The bill has a number of problems that we are concerned about. And so today, in honor of World Braille Day and protecting the rights of blind students, we sent a letter of opposition to the leaders in Congress outlining our concerns about the Cogswell-Macy Act. You can find that letter on the policy pages of our website, and I'm sure we'll be distributing it through other means. In short, I won't go through all the details, but the Cogswell-Macy Act attempts to amend the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act by adding new sections that we firmly believe negatively impact blind students. In specific, our concerns include that the proposed bill will create new assessments that are not in concert with the current I. DEA assessment standards. In addition, the current language does weaken the Braille provision, which this organization worked very hard to get into IDEA in the late 1990s. Also, the bill as proposed fails to leverage dear colleague letters and recent rulings by the Supreme Court that we would love to see codified in the law to the benefit of students with disabilities and certainly blind students. For more information about our opposition to this bill, you can contact Justin Young, our governmental affairs specialist, and you can reach him at jyoung at nfb.org or extension 2210 here at our national office. I do have a few Federation family news items here on this release before we close. And the first comes from Ohio, where we have learned that Terry Ann Moore passed away on December 23rd, 2023. Terry was a member of the Miami Valley chapter. From Idaho, we received news that Mary Ellen Halverson passed away on December 17, 2023, at her home surrounded by her family. She was one of the founding members of the NFB of Idaho and described as a pillar of the Treasure Valley chapter. Also from Ohio, we learned of the passing of Joe Jeffrey, 
who passed away on October 26th of 2023. I encourage you to keep all of these individuals in your thoughts and prayers and their friends and family and those who we might not have known about that we lost during the past holiday season. Pam, I think that's what I have for now. I'm flipping it back to you. Join us next time for the Great Gathering In on Monday, January 29th at 5 p.m. Eastern via Zoom, the Nation's Blind YouTube channel, our internet stream, or by asking your Amazon device to open Nation's Blind. You can contact President Riccobono at 410-659-9314 or via email at officeofthepresident at nfb.org. Thank you. And I'll pass it back to you, President Riccobono. Thank you, Pam. And once again, happy Braille Day. That's what I have for this World Braille Day presidential release. A lot of good news, some hard news, but that is the story, I think, of the organized blind movement over our 80 plus years. There is a lot of reason to have hope for 2024. We continue to make good progress. And just like Louis Braille, I know that we have the determination to overcome the adversity that we might face in getting our priorities, getting our authentic understanding of blindness understood and accepted in society. And so I'm looking forward to an excellent 2024. It's already started out with some great news and I look forward to being together with many of you at the Washington Seminar. Let's go build the National Federation of the Blind. Happy World Braille Day, Oriana. Yay! Got any customary endings today? I have two jokes. Okay. Why didn't the quarter roll down the hill with the nickel? I don't know why. Because it had more sense. Oh. oh. What did one strawberry say to the other strawberry? Mm, what? If you weren't so fresh, you wouldn't be in this jam. <laughs> you know what blind people read in religious settings? Nope. Holy Braille. <laughs> the preceding message was brought to you by Mark Riccobono, President, National Federation of the Blind. 410-659-9314. Office of the President at nfb.org. Follow President Riccobono on Mastodon. Just search for at president at nfb.social. Let's go build the National Federation of the Blind.